inspiring and equipping you to live the life you're destined to live. This is the Ascend Men Podcast. So today we're talking with Mike Farrington, who was born on the 13th of August 1982, when the number one songs in the US were... Eye of the Tiger by Survivor and... Come on Eileen in the UK. Um, Mike hails from one of the best northern English towns, namely Preston, and I can say that with total authority because I entered the world there a few years before Mike did. Uh, since graduating in geography at the University of Cambridge in 2003, he's worked for the Prince's Trust, Romsey Mill, before founding Concrete Rose in November 2020. Concrete Rose is a community interest company with a Christian ethos and a determination to both deliver and equip others to provide first-class care and support for the most vulnerable young people across the UK. You work alongside and support those of all faiths and none, all ethnicities, all genders, and all sexualities. And I'm really excited to hear more about the work of Concrete Rose today, Mike. Great. No, well, thanks for the intro. It's really good to be here. Thanks for taking the time. Yeah, Friday the 13th of August, I was born in 1982. It's a Friday. not superstitious, but yeah, um, just yeah. as well. And great to be with a fellow kind of northerner and prestonian yeah it's really good yeah so so if my accent gets more extreme during this this little interview that's that's for good reason <laughs> absolutely um so uh, we, we despite doing a lot of research on people we like to get into the guts of who they are through some quick fire questions uh, which you'll notice are really deep maybe not um so the first one if i looked at the photos on your phone right now what's the most recent shot oh good question the most recent shot um, you can look at it at your phone can if I? It helps. is that all right yeah. Oh, that's good. That'd be helpful because my memory is terrible. <laughs> um, the most recent shot is um, the Stapleford Messenger magazine, um, which is, um, yeah, I think a Paris magazine in Stapleford. And I was thinking, oh, I should try and get something in there for hosts. So, yeah. Very <laughs> that's good. That's my most recent. All right. Number two, I hear you have a sweet tooth. Oh. Uh, if you could eat only one dessert for the rest of your life what would it be um if you went for a dessert um i'd probably yeah have to choose a good apple crumble with um custard but my real kind of sweet tooth falls with like i just eat so many sweets oh. like that's my haribo what, that's my thorn in the flesh or whatever yeah no i just harry bell like um yeah i can just take a whole packet quite easily so i have like several root canals and a couple of teeth missing um mainly due to my love of sweets really but um yeah it's not been good from from a from a kind of dentist bill point of view but i haven't managed to kick the habit here <laughs> very good right so uh third of all who have you found it most difficult to forgive Oh, that's that's quite deep. Um, uh, I don't know if this sounds trite, but I guess myself in in many ways. Um, uh, yeah, particularly um, 
yeah for for yeah some things that are that that i got involved with i think you know post post being a christian actually most people have this nice mm. christian story don't they kind of i got saved everything yeah. changed and um and um i never looked back really um that wasn't that's not quite my story i think I got saved that changed a lot of things when i was 19 but um still you know t- you know 20s um, I think I was still trying to find who I was and work out faith mm. and identity and probably spent, a, you know, and there's a bit of time in there where God wasn't first priority. And I'd say, you know, that's um, uh, really kind of came came back to make God yeah. priority in the 30s. But I'd say that and that period still, yeah, I guess I still wrestle with that really. And um, I think God, God's dealt yeah. with it and, you know, removed sin as far as the east is from the west and and you know won't, won't bring it up again but i still still can so and 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 there is a reason behind the question because uh in a few months time we'll run a mini series on for forgiveness and uh, so i'm doing a bit of reading we've got some fantastic speakers lined up for that certainly one of the areas people talk a lot about is self-forgiveness mm. so thank you i'm not surprised by your answer so back to concrete rose so concrete has been in the news a lot over the last week thanks <laughs> to the government's late action on rack in schools so what's the relevance of concrete and a rose to hosting vulnerable young people uh, it's a great, great question. I mean, most people think we're a building firm, you know. <laughs> I mean, most, most, but I look on the Google Analytics of our website, most people come looking for concrete <laughs> in Cambridge or cement in Cambridge. But yeah, not a building firm. I mean, the name actually comes from a from a poem by Tupac. Uh, the poem is called The Rose That Grew From Concrete. Um, Tupac talks about, I mean, it's autobiographical, so what he's talking about is overcoming mm. um, very difficult starts and that beautiful things can still come from tough beginnings. That's the whole emphasis. And there's also a bit about, you know, the roses have scars and thorns, but let, let's not focus on that, focus on the beauty of the rose. And I've always loved that poem and loved that kind of metaphor. So I, so I, I guess I had it in mind before we started Concrete Rose. And that's, I guess that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're working with young people who are really vulnerable, have had traumatic histories, you know, been dealt a tough hand, I would say, and had really um, tough starts to life, but really believing that um, a lot of be- beauty can come out of that that they're wonderful individuals, talented. Um, and if we can provide them with um, safety and security, uh, both through homes, but also through relationships, that we can really see them flourish and thrive. So so just tell us a little bit more about that. So so you're placing young people? Yes. Um, so tell us a bit about our ages, how long it's been going, what area you cover, some of those sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. So so I started Concrete Rose basically because I'd worked, as you say, with Romsey Mail, and I'd worked with at-risk young people for 20 years, and I kept seeing young people who would leave homes where there was addiction or violence, and they'd leave home at 16, 17, 18, move to kind of larger, impersonal, kind of hostile environments, and that the wheels would often fall off because there wasn't enough support, there wasn't enough care, there wasn't enough nurture, lots of negative stuff to get involved with. Um, and I thought, surely we can do this differently. And I guess I also had a heart to say, surely we can work with churches as well. Uh, we don't exclusively work with churches, but surely we can work with churches to, to make a difference. And then came across this thing called supported lodgings, which I hadn't come across before, which was the sense that... Um, uh, we're finding individuals, families and, and and kind of couples 
will have a spare room and placing young people into that spare room, similar to foster care or the homes for Ukraine, but for an older age bracket. And I thought this can really work. This could really provide a nurturing environment for young people and responding to the need that I see on the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a real, it's a great way of churches getting involved and and individuals, families, couples in churches getting involved. So let's, let's make it happen in Cambridge. You know, it wasn't really happening. So I thought, yeah, let's start with that. So our supported lodging scheme now, Mm -hmm. Concrete Rose has been up and running for about two years, but, we've had young people in our sport lodgings for about a year and i think yeah i'm as passionate as ever to the difference that can make we've seen young people come from being in homeless shelters leaving care leaving yeah. abusive kind of family relationships and really starting to to just thrive you know in, in in having a safe place to be in some positive relationships so yeah so that's the main aspect of we, what we do i mean just to say we we also do provide mentoring for care experienced students at cambridge university because the university approached us asking us to to do that Mm. um so that's another thing we've started is is mentoring for um for students who come from care or estranged from family but again that's about providing a relational network where those students can thrive great you founded concrete rose and now you are the operations lead Mm. um so to make that role real to us imagine you have an hour to train somebody to take over from you so what three things would they need to know you've only got an hour to do it so you've got to think about three things oh yeah well it's it's you know it's um jack of all trades master none i do it i just (laughs) doing everything really i guess um what are the three things that i try and um focus on so Probably I'd divide it into something like financial stability. So they need to now they probably need to bring in some funding. Mm-hmm. Um profile raising to recruit hosts. So I'd probably give them a bit of like what we do with our social media and how to kind of improve that. And then it's providing support to the people that 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 you know uh, are involved. So the hosts um, and the young people themselves. So I think it'd be about trying to introduce them to all those individuals and um uh, and what kind of support they need yeah. and uh, how to take that forward, really. And, and I don't have a premonition about you having to change job or anything when I ask that question. Don't, It'll be a don't... busy hour, I think, now. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Intense. Um, so there are other agencies, there's like Home for Good, Bernardo's, a lot of the councils are doing work in this area, and they do similar things. What makes Concrete Rose different? So firstly, I would just say... Uh, what was a privilege about starting Concrete Rose is that I took a year probably just in the setup, which really enabled us to, to think deeply, I think, about our therapeutic approach um, and and what would actually bring transformation, healing, recovery for young people. What are the how do you actually put those principles in place? Um, and so most people in this sector talk about being trauma informed and that's great. But what does it actually mean? What does it look like to understand trauma and deliver services that, that kind of respond to trauma? So I think that was a real privilege in having that time. I mean, we also always try and respond to what I was trying to do was respond to a need I'd seen from working in Cambridge for a long time and establish a service that didn't exist, like supported lodging um, uh, didn't exist in Cambridge, certainly didn't exist for the kind of cohort the wide cohort of young people we um, work with, which includes care leavers, those in care, and um, includes those at risk of homelessness, young parents, unaccompanied asylum seeking children. So, so it didn't it didn't exist when we set up. So I think that that makes us pretty unique, really. Yeah, and 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 what makes a good host? I mean, what's interesting and what I've learned from setting up sport lodging is it's not a standard offer. If you see what I mean, like when you get a hostel, you get a bed and a and a and a, and a kind of sink, and you get uh, this amount, this kitchen space, and it's pretty standard for everyone, and this amount of support. Mm. 
So Boyd Ludland is is just really uh, such a mix or such an eclectic mix of hosts. They're all very different. They all have very different skills and abilities and time pressures. Um, and I think probably what's key is actually pairing the right young person with the right host. And we really um, take a long time of that. We pray extensively about that to try and get that right match. And God's been good in that so far. Um, but all our hosts are very different, age profiles, etc. So um, I guess in terms of what do they have in common, just um, a, a desire to make a difference, I think, really. And that's mm. generally motivated by Christian faith, I would say. Mm. So, and a spare room, which is also quite important. Yes. Um, yeah. But in terms of uh, what makes a good good host, yeah, I think they're all they're all yeah, all good good in different ways, really. Yeah. So, so that that faith element's interesting because you you work with people from all faiths and none, all ethnicities, all genders, all sexualities, and yet you have a strong Christian ethos. Do you, do you ever feel you have to compromise? I certainly feel the pressure to compromise, but really don't want to i mean i think mission drift is something that can affect organizations and so fortunately i think we've got some good people both on the advisory board and around me who can talk into that i've certainly been challenged at times there's once where actually i think our christian ethos for example disappeared from our homepage, and somebody called me and said what where's it gone what's going on and it's now it's back you'll see it's really front and central because it's so important for me the christian uh, christian ethos is the central tenet of our work really obviously jesus changed my life that's huge but I think in terms of how do you develop a framework which really says everyone is of immeasurable worth, you can't say that unless you really believe there's a divine imprint on somebody's life. Mm. I don't think, anyway. I don't think you can have an effective equality and diversity policy without that and because what you're basing it on so it's a, it's not a meritocracy everybody is equal because they've got the divine imprint and it's so mm. important to me um but yeah I th- but i think it's something we have to keep fighting back we've certainly had challenge from council from referrers from funders and we we have to, yeah you have to stand up to that and you have to have people around you who help you to stand up to that and probably point it out when you're when you're not doing it as effectively as you can and, and i'm i'm curious why we need a concrete rose like why do we need this because in a way you're dealing with a symptom like children are ending up in this vulnerable place needing a placement with with concrete rose or another agency um so it feels like something's failing upstream what what would need to be cured to to take away the symptom i mean you didn't have this job anymore and you could do something else yeah good question i mean it's a broken world isn't it really and um um yeah, broken individuals, broken families are, are, are I guess, um, the kind of upstream of us, really. Um, you know, there's that phrase, isn't there, that hurt people, hurt people. And I think there's just so many hurting people. And it's easy to castigate, I guess, families and individuals and parents as kind of a cause for those young people. But no, the cells hurting and broken. And I think, um, um, yeah, that's what's that's what's failing, I guess, for young people to come to us, the kind of the family institution. But probably bigger than that, it's a broken world where people are hurt, and um, unfortunately, that hurt spills out into into life and hurting others. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. And so you're sort of dealing with supply and demand. You've got a supply of hosts, and you've got a demand of young people. Um, 
Are they perfectly matched? No. Is, is every is every, every every need being met? So so where's where's the excess? Our biggest challenge is recruiting house. You know, mm. uh, that is the biggest challenge. How many have you got on the waiting list at the moment? Uh, young people, it always is around kind of ten, but obviously some of them then find accommodation. So I'd say we've always got around that young people waiting. And yeah, the biggest the biggest challenge is absolutely getting enough house. We've got to the number of house we have. Well, we're just about to put another young person with a house, so we'll have six live, and then um, another couple of kind of emergency house. But to be honest, that's something we need to crack. It's way behind where I wanted to be at this stage. Um, I was hoping in our first year, you know, we'd be at ten house, and by this stage, we might be double that. So, certainly something we need to work out how we get the message out there so we can recruit more house. And it is it's difficult, isn't it? Because it's a big thing inviting a young person into your 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 home, and I and I get that completely. But mm. um, that's the challenge for us. Yeah, yeah, and 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 for those who might be like fearing a horror story, or or maybe have had children grow up in their home and are quite relieved now to not have teenagers <laughs> making the place messy, and are thinking, oh, I've got two spare rooms, but you know, I'm just enjoying the stability now of of having a, an empty nest. Mm. What would you say to those those families? Like, what well, is there some assurances around? the level of involvement they have to put into this young life? Are they taking on all of the baggage that this young person arrives with? Or or is, is there a really strong support network around the young person that means that they can continue to enjoy being retired or being having an empty nest or getting on with their jobs and, and all the important stuff that they're doing? Yeah, and that's probably the difference between like supporting lodging and fostering. It's not quite the same level of, of commitment. It's not the same expectation because young people are a little bit old and independent. So, yeah, all our hosts, most of our hosts um, uh, are still, well, either enjoying the retirement because we do have some that are retired, but are, are working, most of them are working full time, um, still enjoying holidays, social activities, all that kind of thing. Um, and that's both because we create, I guess, a safe environment. So we provide loads of support to hosts, 24-7 on-call support, weekly check-in, supervision, um, clinical supervision training everything you might expect but we also really look after young people so every young person gets a youth worker who can also support them and what i would say and say is that we're not dealing with probably the highest risk young people that i've worked with over the years because we recognize we're putting young people into a a family home and we're starting so we need to build our reputation so young people that are maybe involved in criminal activity or there's real strong suicidal ideation, for example, or self-harm. That's not us, really. We're, we're a step down from that. And most, all of our young people are in college or working and trying to do really well. So we've got two young people about to go to university and, and it's providing a safe space for those young people who are really trying to thrive, trying to do well, but just are limited by their kind of housing scenario, really. Um, and I think our hosts enjoy it. We, we got a bit of feedback from hosts recently, and uh, it was really positive. They were, um, they talked about the difference it made to them and how much they got out of seeing a young person, um, you know, get into university or get the grades they need or get into college. Yeah. And so, so what's the alternative for those who don't, who you don't find a, a placement for? Generally, it's, the, it's some kind of or semi-independent accommodation usually a hostel probably will be on the, mm. the kind of council housing list but that's taking around two to three years to come through so it's probably it's probably going to be a hostile environment where those young people will 
will end up really. Mm. And I know you, you say you've had some real successes and, and no, I think you said kind of gave the, the suggestion was no failures, but looking across the whole of the UK and all the organizations that are doing this, some of them must go wrong. Like, is is a is a are there any um, you know people in the back of the minds are probably thinking, yeah, well they're giving us all the good stuff here. Did these placements ever fail? Uh, yeah, of course, absolutely. I mean, they have. We're young, you know, so they haven't with us yet. That's not to say we haven't had some you know challenges, and then we're really quick to support and um, yeah and uh, get those. Yeah, get it functioning well. We do regular reviews so we can real iron out anything that's even a little niggle. Some of our young people and the, those arrangements are going to fail. It's just because we're young that we haven't. But I think then we just make sure we've got the 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 kind of things in place to respond to that really effectively. So, for example, we've got some emergency hosts who are on standby. So we just keep them on standby. So mm-hmm. we never would want to make a young person homeless, obviously. But mm. if something really went wrong, we'd move that young person to some of our emergency hosts and then we'd really work hard to look at other housing solutions for the long term, either with another different host mm. or we're kind of well-versed in helping young people get into other housing options, which which for some young people living in independently on their own might be a better option. So I think it's just because we're young that that all of them are continuing to keep going. That won't last forever. Yeah. But I think we're not naive to that. And um, we've got some kind of backup strategies in place. Yeah. So, so let's focus on a success. Have you got a particular story that you can give in one minute of somebody who came to you and is now effectively moving on or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you've got a few, but I'll give you one. So that, that, I think that, that girl who went to university is quite a nice example, but she was. Uh, removed from home by the police on New Year's Eve because she was being beaten up by her mum. And yeah. um, police didn't know what to do with her, said, where do you want to be? So they just dropped her at a friend. Um, so she was actually sharing a bed with a friend for a couple of weeks. That that friend's mum got in touch with us and said, you know, this can't continue. It's not good to, for anyone, but also she needs somewhere safe to be. Yeah. We moved her in with house. Um, she was in a final year of A-level, but hadn't really been going to school, actually, because of all that had been going on. Mm-hmm. But moved in with hosts. Um, we provided some youth work support, uh, felt settled, um, started going back to to to, to college. Uh, we put in some tutoring support around her. Um, and, yeah, and she she completed her A-levels. I thought the biggest success here would just be if she sits her A-levels, where she sat them, she, she, um, she passed them, she got the grades to go to a prestigious university, Lancaster University, to do a psychology course. Um, she got, she got a, a job as well at the moment. Um, yeah, so it's just um, it's amazing what a safe space can do to a young person that's really trying to, trying to achieve. But if you don't have a safe place to be, then I think everything's just mm. so hard, isn't mm. it, really? So um, we need to wrap up in the next minute or two. We'll put lots more information about Concrete Rose and your contact details and things into the show notes. So if you're listening to this and you're starting to think, oh, you know, I, I want to learn a bit more about this, we can, you, we'll signpost you to some resources through that. Um, it's obvious you need host families. I mean, that's, that, that's just obvious. <laughs> um, so if you're listening to this and you have a spare room and you're thinking, mm, I might be up for something, check the show notes and get in touch with either me, Alan Colley, or get in touch with Mike through the through his details in the show notes and uh, we'll take it from there. Have you got anything else you want to leave with our guys other than please put your hand up to be a host if, you, if you're interested? Yeah, it's just amusing on a quote by Mother Teresa uh, and 
she said the biggest problem with the world today is that we draw the circle of our family too small and i just think that's a great challenge not not everybody's going to be available to house to have a spare room i'd love it if they could and get in touch but can we all think of how we can draw the circle of our family slightly wider to express God's love to those around us. I mean, it is that love your neighbour as yourself. And who is your neighbour? Much wider probably than we think. But I think if there's one challenge to take away, let's just draw the circle of our family slightly wider. It's a great challenge because I sometimes think when I look at my immediate neighbours, you know, I know I know who to say hello to, but do I know their names? Do I do, Have I invited them round for coffee? Have I invited myself round to their house for a coffee? No, not yet. But it's a really good point about about enlarging that 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 circle so uh so thank you mike and and it, you know we're we're behind you with concrete rose we will pray for you we'll put our hands up if we think we can be involved in that hosting and uh, I, I take it you have like information evenings and, and things like that as well at times so please keep us in mind if you want to let let the guys know about that we yep. can drop a little advert into a future episode if one's coming up and and please you know don't don't be shy to come forward and ask for some for some support from from us and men because uh, they've got a bunch of fathers here, guys with fathers' hearts, and whether they can be involved in in fathering with that heart, um, mm. a younger person, or whether they they can do that in their prayer lives and pray for Concrete Rose and pray for you, Mike, as you push the mission forwards. So thank you for joining us today. Thanks so much. It's been an absolute privilege to be here. That's it for this Ascend Men podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, please share it with a mate. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. Together, we are stronger.